I'm not usually scared. I will go here, I will go there. But when I saw the green pants coming, I fled. I ran for my life, man, I got over there. MC Grammar, Dr. Zeus. What was I scared of? I was walking in the night and I saw nothing scary For I had never been afraid of anything, not very Then I was deep within the woods What's that? When suddenly I spied them, I saw a pair of pale green pants When nobody inside them, I wasn't scared But yet, I stopped What could those pants be for? What could a pair of pants at night be standing in the air for? And then they moved those empty pants Huh? Yeah, they kind of started jumping And then my heart, I must admit, it kind of started thumping Put them, put them So I got out, I got out fast as fast as I could go, sir I wasn't scared of pants like that, I did not care for no, sir I'm not usually scared I will go here, I will go there But when I saw the green pants coming, I fled I ran for my life, man, I got out of there I'm not usually scared I will go here, I will go there But when I saw the green pants coming, I fled I ran for my life, man, I got out of there after that, a week went by there one night in Greenwich. I had to do an errand there and fetch some Greenwich spinach. While I had fetched the spinach, I was starting back through town when those pants faced around the corner. And they almost got me down. I lost my Greenwich spinach. I lost my Greenwich spinach, but I didn't even care. I lost my Greenwich spinach, but I didn't even care. I ran for home, believe me, I really had a scare. Now bicycles will never make all pelican pants to ride them, especially spooky pelican pants with nobody inside them. I'm not usually scared. I will go here, I will go there. But when I saw the green pants coming, I fled. I ran for my life, man, I got out of there. And the next night I was fishing for Dow Trout on River River when those pants came rowing towards me. Well, I started into a shiver And find out I was so frightened, I tell you, but I hate to I screamed and rolled away and lost my hook and line of eight to I ran and found a brickle bush, I hid myself away I got brickles in my bitches, but I stayed there anyway I stayed all night, the next night too I stayed all night, the next night too I still be there, no, no doubt. doubt But I had to do an errand, so the next night I went out I'm not usually scared, I will go here, I will go there But when I saw the green pants coming, I fled I ran for my life, man, I got out of there in the dark, a gloomy spineful that was almost on my mind. I said, I do not fear those pants with nobody inside them. I said and said and said those words, I said them, but, but I like them. And I reached inside the snide bush, the next thing that I knew, I put my hand at someone, and I bet that you know who. And there I was caught in the snide and in that dreadful place. The spooky empty pants, and I was standing face to face. I yelled for help, I screamed, I shrieked, and how they yell, I cry. Oh, save me from, oh, save me from, from these healthy pants with nobody inside. I'm not usually scared, I will go here. I will go there, but when I saw the green pants coming, I fled. I ran for my life, man, I got out of there. But then a strange thing happened. Why? Those pants, they began to cry. cry. Those pants, they began to tremble. <laughs> they were just as scared as I. Man, I never heard such whimpering, and I began to see. That I was just as strange to them as they were strange to me. So I put my arm around their waist and sat right down beside them. I calmed them down, poor empty pants with nobody inside them. And now we meet quite often, those empty pants and I. And we never shake or tremble, we both smile and we say hi. Cause now I'm no longer scared, I'm no longer cold and I'm no longer fear. And when I see a straight thing coming upstairs, a little bit closer, I try to be fair. I try to show love and I try to show care. I try to be nice and I try not to stare. I try to think twice and I try to be a friend. You never know how any story might end. Huh?
What was I scared of? <laughs> wow. Junior church is dismissed. And they're going to go learn about fear, I think. Oh, boy. That is Dr. Seuss's book, What Was I Scared Of? And it was special, and it was different. And if you're not used to rap, you're like, what is this, demon music? Do it in my ears? No. But we, all right, country music fan over here. But you know what? There's lots of rap songs about Jesus, and this is a rap song about Dr. Seuss. So welcome to Troy View Church. Sometimes we like to do things a little different, or maybe it's just me. I'm a little odd and weird, but I hope uh, that we can have some fun learning and growing in Jesus. So, with Halloween coming up, I thought that this would be an appropriate one. In fact, Rachel and I picked it out. She, she's a Seussian uh, scholar in our house. And we actually picked this out a month or two ago before I even thought about Halloween. But then this is a Sunday I'm going to do it. And I'm like, wow, that really, really fits. With scary, spooky stuff coming up, we're seeing that everywhere. If you drive past people's yards, you see all these blow-ups and spider webs and things. What Was I Scared Of is today's book. It's Dr. Seuss's very simple, kind of short, yet profound um, children's book about fear and about overcoming fear, which is something that kids and adults struggle with, wrestle with, deal with, all the time. So let me start with a question. What are you scared of? I won't wrap the whole thing, but what are you scared of? Shout it out. Heights. Heights. Ooh, my dad used to say he's not afraid of falling, just a sudden stop at the end. But yes, being, being up high can be really scary, can't it? What else are you scared of? Shout it out. Failure. Wow. That's a big one. Yes, absolutely. Spiders. Chris is not a big fan of uh, 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 spiders. Mice. You're scared of mice? Do you see that sp uh, mouse and you just jump on a chair and you're like, ah, ah like the cartoon? Call your mom. You have a spider on you? No. Oh. Are you scared of spiders, Keenan? Only on you? Oh, would you be scared? Oh, oh. Is he like really afraid? Or Do you want to see a, a pretend spider? Oh, okay. What else are you scared of? Shout it out. Snakes. Here you go, Nancy. Oh. Who's scared of snakes? Who's scared of snakes? Oh. Oh, snakes, snakes. I won't give you a heart attack over there. Huh? Last weekend, Mara made me watch a Halloween movie. Oh, gosh. And I do not like those, so I'd be like, is that person going to get killed? Yep. And they would start, and I'm like, fast forward. <laughs> well, it would be fast forwarding the entire movie if you fast forward past the scary parts. Yeah. It'd be about two and a half minutes at that point, just the beginning. I don't even like haunted houses. Yeah. Well, Kings Island, they've got this haunted house, right? And uh, haunted houses. I am not a fan of those things and clowns chasing you with chainsaws or whatever. That is not my deal. I do not like horror movies, scary movies, blood and guts everywhere and demon possession. Some people love those demon movies and I'm like, that's too real. Those things, not maybe like 
throwing up split pea soup while your head spins around. Uh, but demon possession is real. In the Bible, it is real. Jesus dealt with it. And I don't like to see that, to glorify that. Anyway, I don't like scary movies. What else don't you like? Shout it out. You popping up at me when I'm me, trying to do the fish. Me popping up when, Nan, when I see Nancy's car coming and I uh, hide behind the welcome center. I go, hey, Nancy, during the week. And she goes, oh, oh, Dan, you did it again. Just like Gary used to do, like to scare you, turn off the lights while you were in the shower and stuff. I do that to, I do that to Rachel and she doesn't appreciate it either. But, and my kids. Mara's like, oh, no, did the power go out? No, it's just daddy. What else are you scared of? Bats. Bats. Oh, yeah. There you go, Nancy. Bats. I'm scared of bats. You're scared of bats? Hmm. What? If it bites you, you become Batman, right? Is that how that works? No. Well, Hallie mentioned scary movies, and so we're going to turn Dr. Seuss a little dark this morning for our fears. Oh, boy. And maybe this will help you remember it. There's lots of things to be scared of in life. Uh, he was in the woods. The creature was in the woods. Anybody scared of being lost in the woods? How about lost in a corn maze like yesterday? Lost, a, But maybe at dark at nighttime? That makes things extra scary. Scary in the dark. So many things. Like Rachel. Uh, she, uh, she tells me, I don't like to go into church buildings at nighttime. It's just, it's spooky, it's scary, it's so big, it's kind of, and uh, build, empty buildings at nighttime can be a little by yourself and you don't know who's going to be there. But with other people, the dark can be kind of fun, can it? That's called hide and seek in the dark. <laughs> they play that for youth group. Um, what about the fear of being alone? That's something a lot of kids, you know, they get lost or adults wrestle with. The fear of being lost. Some uh, people are afraid of different animals like bats. or and, you know, uh, Spiders aren't an animal, but dogs. Some people are afraid of dogs or, or other creatures. Uh, how about the boogeyman? The boogeyman. That's kind of a metaphor for like the unknown. It's just fill in the blank, whatever your fear is. There's this boogeyman under the bed. You know, Kids have that and then adults are f- afraid of the unknown. How about the fear of starting something new? That's kind of scary, right? Afraid of failure, you mentioned that, Amber. Afraid of failure, with, especially when you start something new. A lot of um, young people, but even adults, are scared of being left out. Scared of rejection. Uh, maybe scared of not finding a spouse or not finding a career that you like or a job or should I go to college. I'm scared of these life, these big life choices. Scared of being in debt. Scared of having financial problems. That's one that a lot of uh, adults deal with. How about the fear of being a bad parent? You know, am I going to raise these kids uh, to be just terrors on the in the world, or to uh, you know, to not know God and Jesus? That that's a fear. I want my kids to love other people, to love God and love other people, and not be a serial killer. Right? So, serial killers were somebody's kids <laughs> at one point. That that's scary. I don't know if their their parents were still alive or if they got to them first, but uh, that's. I, I want my kids to not grow up to hurt other people. What about the fear of making mistakes? You know, some people are scared of having a, an unplanned baby. And as we get older, maybe the fear of losing somebody you love. Or the fear of uh, losing your independence, having health problems too. The fear of 
uh, losing mobility, the fear of not being able to support yourself anymore. This is, there's so many fears, Nancy, so many fears in life and you know, ultimately the fear of death, our own mortality. These are things that we wrestle with. And fear has also dominated culture. I don't know if you heard anything in the past uh, two and a half years, but there's this uh, virus going around. Um, I think I saw it on the news at uh, one time. <laughs> Something about COVID-19 or 20 or 21. I can't remember. Uh, but there's, you know, like, wear a mask and this virus and stay away from other people. Get back, get back, you know, six feet apart. Whatever arbitrary number they, they tell people to stay away from. Just fear, fear, fear pumping through the news. The death count's going up, you know. Fear, 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 fear the past couple of years. So what I want to do today is I want to challenge us and encourage us all to take off those chains of fear. Fear keeps us a slave to our fears. And it's like we're enslaved. And so today I want to encourage us to take off those chains of fear and to live in freedom, to walk in freedom from our fears. If you have a, a little bulletin this morning, we like to do a couple fill in the blanks. You can write this down. That fear paralyzes our impact and it cripples our story. That's what fear does. Fear paralyzes our impact. Listen to these words here, these descriptive words. And it cripples our story. Here's what I want to do. There, I, I was looking it up this week, like which verses should I share? What books should we turn to? We can turn to, to Numbers chapter 13 near the beginning of the Bible. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. I know it's, it's probably not your favorite book of the Bible, but that's where it's at. Um, it's a little different kind of book, but I thought this, this section was so powerful. We could spend hours here, but your stomachs will be really grumbly, right? Uh, we could spend hours going through all the different people in the Bible who feared. Do you know how many people feared in the Bible? Too many to count. Abraham feared going over here. Moses feared this, and he said, uh, what did he say? God, I, I don't have the right speaking ability. I can't do this, God. And uh, Jonah, he's like, no, I'm afraid to go to Nineveh. And Mary, she's like, God, I don't know about this, having a, the Savior baby thing. And just on and 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 on. So many people throughout history and these, this accounts, this real history of the Scriptures, of the Bible, we have of so much fear. Because they were like us. And they were human like us and they experienced. These aren't like superheroes in the Bible. A couple of them... God did some pretty super things through, but they were real people with real fears just like us. But here's what I want to focus on. This one, we're going to zoom in, Numbers chapter 13, and just look at this one story, focus on this today. Uh, Numbers 13, look at verse 17. Numbers 13, verses 17, I'll just preface it with uh, Moses, remember Egypt, and uh, I was going to say, you shall not pass, but that's Gandalf. You shall not pass. Moses said, let my people go. And they, uh, God brought them across the, the Red Sea, right? They escaped from Egypt, keeping them as slaves in captivity. And now they're headed towards the promised land, which God promised them. And so here we go. Uh, this is, they're kind of scouting out, sending these different spies. You can read the whole passage in uh, 13 and 14 if you want to get the whole, more, a full story. But we're just going to do 1317 in a little bit. Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, fewer, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? 
Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see and it happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. So they're checking out these lands uh, that God promised them. Where are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Verse 21, so they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as... Oh, hang on a second. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... As far as uh, Rehob near L- uh, Lebohothmoth. Uh, going north, they passed through the Negev and arrived at Hebron where Ayman, Shishan, you just got to read names fast, and Tema, all the descendants of Anak lived. The ancient town of Hebron was founded seven years before the Egyptian city of Zon. Verse 23. When they came to the valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. These are some big grapes. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. Sounds delicious there. That place was called the Valley of Eskal, which means cluster. Because of the cluster of grapes, the Israelite men cut there. So they're finding out this land is good. Verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what had been seen and shown them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was a report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, Jebusites, and the Amorites, all the ites. They live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Do you hear the confidence in his voice? Confidence from God for that promised land. Verse 31, but the other men who had explored the land with with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report. They spread this bad report, remember that, about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Chapter 14, verse 1. We're going to read a little bit of this. Uh, and then skip a bit. I'll show you. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. It sounds scary. Anybody weep and cry all night sometimes? Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. That's better. They complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones would be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Fear always makes you Afraid, turn back. Then they plotted against themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, the son of Nun. He's the only person in the Bible, by the way. He had no parents. He had no parents. Joshua, the son of Nun. Never mind. Okay. You're you're still waking up. And Caleb, son of Jephthah, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. Do you hear the difference between these reports? Verse 8, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. 
Do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be what? Afraid. Don't fear. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. God's already promised this, right? They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Never forget that. Don't be afraid of them. And then skip down to verse 21. <clears throat> Last passage uh, from here I want to read. But as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, verse 22, not one of these people, not one of these uh, ten spies who gave the bad report, will ever enter that land. Right row. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I swore to give to their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But my servant, Caleb, has a different attitude. Will you have a different attitude than the others have? He has remained loyal to me. So I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Now turn around and don't go on towards the land where the Amalekites and Canaanites live. Tomorrow you must set out for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. A couple more verses. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, verse 27, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. We're going to stop there. Wow. Their attitudes of Joshua and Caleb made all the difference. Their perspective that, yeah, these people are big. Yeah, they've got some walls. They're fortified. But you know what? We have something they don't. We have the one true God. And that's all we need. The one true God who has promised this land to us, who has said He will give it to us, who said He will be with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Through it all, He is by our side. And we have nothing to fear when we have God. And these other spies who brought back this bad report, who had the bad attitude, who were not taking the Word of God to heart, they died. Not because of the giants. They didn't kill them. The Canaanites didn't kill them. These other, this other enemy didn't kill them. Fear. Fear took them. They feared uh, not God, but they feared fear. They, they were afraid of all these things. And God said, because you have this attitude of fear and not trust in me, I want to bring a people into the promised land who trust fully in me and you are not a part of it. Wow. Seems a little harsh. But God was very adamant that... Uh, we are to trust in Him with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength. And they never, they feared something that they never even saw. And it kept them from the promised land. Their hearts and their minds were filled with dread. Has your heart or mind ever been filled 
with dread. Oh no, all these negative possibilities. But, but what if this happens? But this could happen. But if we do this in life, this is going to go wrong and this is going to go wrong and this is going to go wrong. Do you ever think that way? Do you ever not think that way? <laughs> A lot of people live in that dread of everything that could go wrong. And um, it just can consume your heart, consume your mind. The fear kind of builds up. It can fill you and take over, drive your decision making, drive your, um, everything you do. How you think, how you talk, how you live, how you parent your kids, how you work, how you drive. Fear, 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 fear. Grip their hearts. But uh, Caleb and Joshua were saved. And they were rewarded for their faith in God and their courage that God would be with them no matter what. So let's talk about the creature. All right. Let's, uh, I bet God never thought this was going to happen. I mean, he knew, but let's compare numbers 13 and 14 to green pants. Let's compare and contrast, right? This is an odd Sunday, but uh, we're doing Dr. Seuss this month and having a little fun. So we got some green pants. The creature in the story, he reminds me of the 10 spies who came back with a bad report. They were scared. Aren't they? they were anxious, they were worried, they were afraid, they were trembling, they were nervous. They were running away and cowering in fear over things that weren't actually going to happen. And that's the creature with the pants. He had made up in his mind before he even met the floating green pair of pants. In his mind, these floating green pants, with nobody inside them, were like... The most evil, dark thing in the world. And they were going to, I don't know what he thought they were going to do, kill him or kick him or something. But he's scared. The creature's running. But that's not actually the truth. The pale green pants with nobody inside them was just as scared as he was. And they became friends. And he didn't know that until he conquered his fear. But fear of these pants... They were having a big negative impact on his life, right? It's this false fear, but he had convinced himself that these pants were like the worst thing ever. And it kept him from living his life. Does fear ever keep you from living your life? It, he wanted to do these hobbies. He loved fishing, Kent. He loved fishing. But the pants, the pale green pants, they knew how to row a boat and they were out there. Maybe just trying to be with him. But he stopped his hobbies. He stopped going places that he wanted to go. He stopped doing things that he wanted to do because he was so afraid. That's what fear does. Fear grips our hearts and it stops us, prevents us from being who we want to be, from doing what we want to do, from doing what God has called us to do, and from enjoying life, really. He didn't want to risk meeting up with the green pants He'd made up this fake whore in his life. And fear had paralyzed him. He couldn't do anything. The, the, the pale green pants, they were consuming it. we got to watch these. The pale green pants, they were consuming his mind. Everything he did was preventing running into this chance encounter with these pale green pants. His whole life revolved around the fear of the pants. He couldn't think about anything else. Do you ever have that in your life? Does your fear ever paralyze you? Does it just like overwhelm you and control you and, and uh, 
make up your decisions and you're just so scared of what's going to happen or what's not going to happen that you dictate your life. You, these fears have enslaved you and they are dictating, telling you, controlling you everything that you should do or not do. That's what the creature had with the pants. They were controlling his life. Come to find out, he had nothing to be afraid of. Fear is a liar, Greg says. The song says, fear is a liar. A, li a, liar. a liar. I like to sing uh, to change that chorus a little bit. And Chris turned around and gave me a weird look. But I sing it with my kids You know, when we were here on Sundays or at home. Fear, he is a liar. And then the next time I said, we go, my kids sing this. Fear, his pants are on fire. Right. It rhymes, okay? Liar, liar, pants on fire. That's what fear is. Telling you all these things that are actually not true. All these concerns that are never going to come to pass. Now, sometimes it is good to have fear in life, right? A healthy fear of not driving 120 miles per hour on the country road because you're scared you might crash into somebody. That, that's restraint. There's a difference between healthy restraint and fear that cripples us. But there are a lot of times that fear can um, stop us from doing what God's called us to do. I'm scared. What will people say if I tell them I'm a Christian? What will people do if I uh, try to share how Jesus has changed my life and that he can change their life too? Will they reject me? Will they make fun of me? Will they uh, uh, avoid me? Will they bash me? Will, will they uh, accuse me or persecute me? Or what, what are they going to do if they, what is it, DC Talk would say, when they find out I'm a Jesus freak? Yeah. What, what, what would people do? And if we try to share, hey, you, you have sin in your life. There is something wrong with you. People love it when you tell them something's wrong with them, right? There is something, there is a problem in your life and only Jesus can solve it. A lot of times, sometimes people don't want to hear that message, but they need to. You need to know you're sick. We need to know we're sick in order to go for the cure. Jesus. But we're like, oh, I don't want to offend people. I don't want to trigger people by telling them the truth about Jesus. But with grace and love, we can share. Don't let fear cripple you from, uh, paralyze you from sharing God's story, from sharing the truth about the one true God and what he's done in our lives and for our eternity. Don't let fear stop you from loving your city. Don't let fear stop you from praying and going with us. I don't want to hang a hanger on this person's door. What if they see me? What if they come out and talk to me? Fear can stop us from doing the ministry that God has called us to do, from stepping into that calling and stepping out. It's uncomfortable when we step out. And do what God's called us to do. But lo don't let that fear control your life. We've got to conquer that fear and let faith control our life instead. So, we're going to deal with fear our whole life. Fear's not going away. Until Jesus comes back, that sense of fear, uh, of dread or, or concern about the things, all the many things that could happen, it's not going away. But we don't have to let fear limit us. And we don't have to let fear stop us from living and living up to our full potential and living up to the calling that God has given every Christian in their life. Don't let fear 
cripple the story that God wants to tell through you. Don't let fear keep you down. Push you down, shove you, um, bully you, make you, uh, enslave you, limit you, make, uh, making all these choices for you, or not choices. Don't let fear control your life. Proverbs said that anxiety weighs down the heart. Isn't that so true? Anxiety weighs down your heart. Do you have a heavy heart today? From crippling fear and anxiety? That's why Peter wrote, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Cast your worries on Him. Cast your fear on Him. I'm scared. But know that He is with you. So I don't know what's holding you back today. I don't know what different fears you have in your life. But are you going to continue to be its slave? Are you going to amplify all those negative uh, possibilities in your mind? This could happen. This could happen. This could happen. This could happen. Or are you going to live your life like Joshua and Caleb, trusting that God's got it covered? He knows what He's doing, even if we don't sometimes. God knows what He's doing, and He knows what He's doing through you. And God is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will help you face your fears and conquer them. Well, that sounds nice, Dan. Face your fears and conquer them. But how are we going to actually do that? Here's a little rhyme I made up for you today. This is my attempt at being Dr. Seuss. Okay, Fear paralyzes our impact and cripples our story, but faith overcomes fear and God gets the glory. Hey! Nobody cares. Okay. I work hard on that every week. Faith, you can write this down. Faith overcomes fear and God gets the glory. Does anybody know, this is kind of obvious, but the most repeated commandment in the Bible, the most repeated commandment in the Bible is what? Fear not. Also, you know, don't be afraid, that kind of thing. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Don't be afraid, don't be scared of them, don't be terrified. Fear not, for I am with you. How do we fear not? How do you fear not? Shout it out. What? Trusting in God helps you to fear not. Trusting in God. That's, I think that's most of it. <laughs> Hit the nail on the head, Harry. That's everything. Trusting in God. Anybody else? What helps you fear not? What helps you fear not in your life? I still fear, even with trust. Yeah. So it doesn't totally go away. For me, anyway. Maybe for other people. Sure. Nancy says she still fears even with trusting in God. And I think fear is always there. It's not that when we, it's not we can fully conquer, fully overcome, but we can trust in God in spite of the fear, which which helps us to overcome in a way. But fear's still there, and it pops its ugly head up once in a while, doesn't it? It kind of rears its ugly head. But we can trust that God is with us, which kind of puts the fear at bay. Though it's always there, and sometimes comes out more days than others, doesn't it? But that trusting in God. that He's always with you, always by your side. I want to read to you a few passages. This is in your notes this week, but so powerful. Deuteronomy 31. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. And do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. Do you believe? Do you trust that God will personally go ahead of you? He will neither fail you nor abandon you. You ever feel alone? You are never alone with God. By your side. 
He is always with you. Even when you feel alone, know that God is with you. Psalm 23, you may have heard this before. Even though I walk through the valley of the what? Shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Why does he fear no evil? David's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Why does he fear no evil? Because God is with him. He will comfort him. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You are with me. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Lord is my light. He saved me from everything. So why should I be afraid, David says, Psalm 27. The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Another way that we can uh, overcome fear, not just by knowing God, though that is the most powerful thing, but by communicating with Him. By communicating, talking with, praying to the God that we know can help alleviate some of our fears. This is uh, Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Easier said than done, right? I know. Don't worry about anything. How, how can we not worry? What helps? Instead, pray. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And Psalm 34 says this, I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. Get this. He freed me from all my fears. Does anybody want to be freed this morning from all your fears? <laughs> yeah, please. He prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. It sounds kind of redundant, but how freeing would freedom be? <laughs> to be free from our fears. And trusting God changes everything. I also thought about uh, how we can be free from this fear, overcome how faith overcomes fear, is by being in a community of other people. Supporting, encouraging one another in the faith. Being alone in the dark is scary, isn't it? In the woods, in the corn maze. But when we have other people in the dark, Chris calls that hide-and-seek. And the kids love it during the lock-ins. That's hide-and-seek. We're having fun. The darkness is scary. And there is evil in the world. And there are things that can hurt you and hurt your kids and hurt your family and kill you. And it's good to have a healthy fear to not take unnecessary risks in our lives. But the rest of the time, we've got to squash fear. Take off those chains uh, of slavery to fear. And just, I mean, you can yell if you want. At fear. Or at whoever. I'm not afraid! God is with me! I have nothing to fear! So shut up, Satan! You know, whatever you want to say. Not today, Satan! Let him know, and maybe that, that'll help you a little bit. You wake up in the morning and you're, and you're scared of different things. Not today! I have God with me by my side. He will never leave me or forsake me, and with him I have nothing to fear, not even death, because God is with me. I love this children's song. Some of you might recognize it if you have little kids or grandkids or have been to junior church or whatever. It's Veggie Tales. And there's this great song. It goes, sing it with me if you know it. God is bigger than the 
boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. Oh, God is bigger than the boogeyman and he's watching out for you and me. Are you frightened? No, not really. Are you scared? No, not at all. Right. <laughs> God is bigger. Sometimes we have this fear of the unknown, the boogeyman, or whatever you're afraid of in your life. That's a kid's song, but I'm telling you, it has implications for adults. Know that God is bigger. He is bigger than whatever you are facing in your life, whatever fears you have. I was thinking about the, the spies, and they come back, and if there's giants in the land, ah, we're scared, we're afraid. And I don't know if Moses told them or Joshua and Caleb told them. It's like, God's bigger than giants. God is bigger than the Canaanites. God is bigger than their walls. God is bigger than their weapons. God is bigger. And when we understand that God is bigger than our fears, than these scary things in our life that we're so just enslaved to, that we're so controlled by, so freeing. You may not experience freedom from fear all day, every day. But I'm telling you, we can grow in that. Let's grow in that this week. Grow in the freedom from our fears, from our anxieties, from our worries. Cast it, uh, your fears on God and Jesus who care for you, who are there for you, who will never leave you. Do you think Jesus was ever afraid? How did he get through? I want to close by reading this one passage. You can turn there with me if you want. Matthew 26. Jesus, the Savior of the world, God's only begotten Son, the Messiah. He was perfect in every way, right? Yeah, that's how He could be our sacrifice, our perfect sacrifice. And so because He was perfect, He never experienced fear, right? Wrong. He experienced everything that we do. He experienced temptation. He experienced fear, but He never let it control Him. And He never gave into it. So, uh, Matthew 26, look at verse 36. Just a few verses here before we close. It's so powerful. Uh, Jesus, our Savior. Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished. Jesus became anguished and distressed. Just think about that for a second. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Do you ever feel like that? Because my soul is being crushed. Stay here and keep watch with me. Verse 39, he went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. What's Jesus wrestling with here? Fear. Fear. He's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, Joe. He's not only dying on a, a Roman torture device, they invented a new word, excruciating pain, because it comes out of the cross. He's not only going to experience physical torment and suffering, the likes of which we will never comprehend, but other people died on a cross too. He's not only experiencing the death on a cross for our sins, but the wrath from God for sins. Jesus is drinking this cup of wrath, metaphorically. He is taking on the weight of our sins on the cross. 
And there's this, uh, he says this while he's dying. He says, my God, my God, why have you what? Forsaken, Forsaken me. Jesus feels alone. Because he's taking on sin, he's been separated from God. He's alone. He's scared. He's fearful. He's, he's anguished. His soul is anguished to the point of death. Because he's dreading this day coming when he has to die for the sins of mankind. So you know what he does? He runs away. And he goes on a Mediterranean cruise, right? And he gets out of Dodge. And he's like, I can't handle this. I can't do this. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. I'm not going to face my fear. No! He's, just, he's terrified. He's scared. I would be too if I were dying on a cross or taking on the, sins of God, uh, the wrath of God for the sins of mankind. But he has these fears. His soul is anguished to the point of death. And yet, and yet, and yet, he still goes to the cross. He is afraid. He is scared. Like us, we experience that in our lives. But we don't have, he didn't let that control him. He didn't let that fear dictate his decisions and his attitude and his, his, his words and his uh, actions. He didn't run away. He faced his fears. He continued God's uh, mission for him. And he saved us from our sins. I praise God that Jesus, though he was afraid, trusted in God. Knew that God would never leave him or forsake him. And we can do the same in our lives. It gives me hope. Jesus wrestled with fear, but he didn't let it control him. One last verse. Uh, it's in your notes. It's Psalm 56 says, But when I am afraid, check this out, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. David doesn't say, If I'm afraid, if I ever get afraid, I don't know if I will or not. No. David says, When I am afraid, when I'm afraid, when I'm afraid, it's not if you will be scared. It's not if this life has scary, uh, fearful things that you dread in it. All the possibilities in your mind, what could go wrong? It's not if we're afraid, it's when we're afraid. Because we're going to be afraid. Scary things are going to happen in life and not just on Halloween. Scary things are all around us. But when we are afraid, we don't have to Run from those scary things. We don't have to, unless it's Michael Myers chasing you, maybe then run, right? But we don't have to run. We can face those fears and let our faith overcome our fear and give God the glory for being with us and getting us through those scary times. See, faith doesn't remove all the fear. Faith is there in spite of the fear. It gives us the discipline, the, the courage in our life. The strength to move forward in spite of the fear. That's the thing. Fear will never be gone in our life. That's a human condition. We're, we have these emotions. We have scary things. The world is a fallen place. And said, there will be fear. You will be scared. But don't let that control you. Um, have faith even in spite of fear. And on the other side of of going through your fear, we can have more faith in God because we know that He was with us in those dark, hard times. In those fearful times, when God got us through that, don't we have more faith the next time that we're afraid? We're like, God got me last time. He's got me this time. 
Every single time. And so, we're going to sing our last song today. Maybe about fear again. I don't know what Greg's got in mind, but uh, I hope that you know, here's a couple more verses, that perfect love casts out fear. Rachel said, be sure to mention that this week. Perfect God's perfect love casts out fear. And that this other verse, Paul tells Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. He's not, that's not from God. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. So when you come across those scary green pants in your life with nobody inside them, whatever it is for you, whatever the green pants in life are for you, when you come across those scary things in your life, I hope and pray that you have more courage to stand up to those scary green pants, to, to face your fears and trust in God And then maybe like the creature, strange and wonderful things might just happen in your life when you face your fears and meet up with those scary green pants and discover that, you know what? They really weren't that scary. So many things in life we go through cripple us with fear and then we do it and we're like, that wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. That's those scary green pants in your life. Don't let them conquer you, but overcome fear with faith. Let's stand and praise our Savior who conquered his fears to give us life.
pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we leave this place and go out in the world, to our school, to our work, to our home, to our neighbors, help us to trust in you. You know that this world is filled with so many scary things, so much evil and hurt and pain and sorrow and suffering and death. It's almost unbearable sometimes. Help us to be filled with your courage and your strength and your wisdom to trust in you. No matter what is going on in the world around us, we know that you have conquered the world. You've conquered Satan, sin, and death through your son Jesus. And we have nothing to fear when we are with you. Help us to internalize that. Help us to remember that in our moments of fear. Help us to live that out in our daily lives. Help us to follow you every day and every way and to share a good report of what you have done through Jesus with those around us. Free us from our fears to help us live fully for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.